What's going on, everybody? Welcome into episode 39 of the Two Stripes Podcast, the podcast that covers everything happening in the college football universe. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host. If you want to find the show, please be sure to go to soundcloud.com slash Pod, or you can find the show on Apple Podcasts by searching the Two Stripes Podcast, and there you can subscribe to the show, leave a review, leave me some feedback, tell me what I need to do to make this show better, and find this show and all the previous episodes of the Two Stripes Podcast there. want to thank you all for listening to the show today. I think we got a pretty good one. It is week nine of the college football season, and it's probably the biggest week of the year so far. We got a lot of really good matchups, a lot of ranked matchups, and on today's episode, we are going to talk about one of those matchups. And to do that, I am joined by the editor, one of the editors, over at OneFootDown.com, SB Nation's Notre Dame site, and his name is Pat Sullivan. Pat, what's really good, man? Thanks for joining the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this game and talk a little bit about Notre Dame and, and how their season has gone so far. And to kick that off, I, I want to get your thoughts on how things have been going through seven games this season. Notre Dame is six and one. They're in the top ten. They're tenth in S and P plus. And everybody's got to be feeling a lot better through seven games this season than they were at this point last year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's been quite the ride. I mean, team started off kind of rough, just losing that second game of the year to Georgia. Um, a lot of us thought, hey, here it comes again. We just lost a close game. We lost, I think, seven one possession games last year. So so it just seemed like all the changes that Brian Kelly talked about in the offseason weren't really coming to fruition this year. But then. I don't know, something something changed in this team and they just started annihilating people and you know, now we sit here six and one, seven games in, we just absolutely destroyed hated rival USC, forty nine fourteen. Uh we feel really good right now. We feel like we can run against anybody and that's a different feeling that we haven't really had under Brian Kelly so far. So we're we're all really excited. What are a couple of big things that stand out to you about this year's team compared to two thousand sixteen? Because you mentioned a lot of those losses last year, close losses, and they haven't played a ton of those games yet so far this season. Yeah, so that, I mean that's that's one of the big differences is that we haven't had those those close games besides the the one game against Georgia. But I think part of that is because of the running game and how effective they've been. Um, you know, last year with Deshaun Kaiser, I think Kelly put a lot of the the offense on his shoulders, and he was asked to do probably way too much and. Because of it, we're throwing, you know, 35 times in a hurricane against NC State last year. <laughs> um, so so really, it was just uh, bringing in Chip Long, the new offensive coordinator from Memphis. He's got this run-pass option offense, and uh, it's really more suited to to the kind of personnel that Notre Dame has, you know, with Brandon Wimbush and then all the talent at running back and the offensive line that's been built up over the years. So I think that that running game is really what's enabled Notre Dame to to not have to have those close games. So they're just pounding people, wearing them down, blowing people out. And that's been huge. And then and this is the second thing there is, is the defense. I mean, last year with Brian Van Gorder, and then once he was fired, um, the, the interim guy they had, Hudson, they just didn't, they didn't stop anybody. And, and bringing in Mike Elko from Lake Forest, it's been probably the most amazing turnaround I've ever seen. I, I was pretty happy with the Elko hire, but I didn't think, it would happen this fast. I mean, he's got the the defense. I think they're like seventh in the country in defensive efficiency. They're, they're top, you know, 
15 or 20, I think, in scoring defense. It, it's just been a miraculous turnaround for the defense, too. And and if you hold people to 20 points or less every single game and you run the ball like Notre Dame does, you're going to blow everybody out. I want to get into the running game and the Mike Elko hire more in depth here in a second. But throughout the offseason, there were a lot of stories out there, and I'm sure definitely you following the program much more closely than I do heard it even more so about there being a calmer Brian Kelly this season has that has that manifested itself through seven games so far yeah I I really think it has and and this is coming from from me who I've been a huge Brian Kelly uh detractor I guess if you want to call it that or a hater (laughs) even uh but I I think like there's all those stories in the offseason about him you know doing yoga and you know, hanging out more with the players and trying to be calmer and everything. And and I I think he's actually, he's made some progress there. I think part of it is because he's been able to take a step back and become more of a program manager. And, you know, Mike Elko is running the defense. Chip Long is running the offense. Brian Kelly can focus more on the team and just preparing them. And it it seems to be showing. Like You see him on the sidelines. He seems to be smiling more. The the team seems to have a better demeanor about them. Um, I mean, he's going to yell occasionally like every college football coach, but he, he's not exploding on players as much as he used to. And, and I, I think it's, it's really helped change that culture in the locker room. It's, it's not a toxic culture anymore. Everybody seems to be playing for each other and coaching for each other. And so I, I give Brian Kelly all the, all the praise in the world, whatever he did in the off season, seems to be working. One of the reasons he's been able to be more calm is the explosion of that running game. And Notre Dame has probably the best run game in the country, at least by S&P standards, and one of the most explosive run games in the country to go along with that. And that all starts with junior running back Josh Adams. He's almost at 1,000 yards so far this season, despite not having a single game where he has over 20 carries. And then you add in quarterback Brandon Wimbush, who has over 500 yards rushing, plus 10 rushing touchdowns. And you have one of the most efficient and explosive 1-2 running games in the country. Uh, Did people expect this out of Adams? Because the last two seasons, he's shown flashes here and there. He almost had 1,000 yards last season, had a really good freshman year. And then secondly, how has the run game improved so dramatically? Yeah, so I think first of all, with Adams, we all knew he was pretty good. I mean, as a freshman in 2015, even he was he was showing flashes of oh, this guy's you know very talented, very big, very fast. And then last year he had a very good year. But you know, on a four and eight team, it's it's hard to look at anything and say hey, that that's a really big positive thing. So coming into this year, you know, we just thought hey, Adams is our starter. He's good. We've got some depth behind him if if he doesn't get the job done. And he's <laughs> hasn't looked back. He's been absolutely sensational. His his ability to break long runs is is unbelievable. I think he's first in the country in, in runs of over 60 yards. I think he has six of them on the year and like three have been over 70. So he's just been a huge big play guy, but also just picking up yardage too. He's so tall and strong. He just is able to shed tacklers really easily. So I, I would say he's exceeded all expectations, even though the expectations were that he'd be pretty good. Um, and then secondly, in terms of what's changed, Again, I think it's Chip Long calling the plays. I think the new offensive coordinator, he's come in. He realized what he had on offense. It, it helps that Brandon Wimbush is a first-year starter, so he's been shaky throwing the ball. We don't feel as confident in him as we did in, in Deshaun Kaiser throwing the ball. And so, really, it's been, hey, let's rely on the run. It's what we can do well. And then Wimbush himself, you know, Deshaun Kaiser was a good runner, but <laughs> Brandon Wimbush is on another level. He's so shifty, so slippery. And just very good about making defenses pay for not paying attention to him. 
So I, I think that combination of Wimbush and the new play calling and the offensive line, they, they've been good, but it seems like they've been a little nastier this year. So I think they've just developed a little more and it just all kind of culminated into this this rushing attack. Earlier, you mentioned the hire of Mike Elko at defensive coordinator being huge for the team. And it definitely sounds like Notre Dame fans like him a lot more than they like Brian Van Gorder (laughs) so far in in only seven games. And he has been able to improve them dramatically. But what's been, if you were explaining to an outsider like myself or any listener, what what have been the areas that you think his hire has has most improved? What has he been able to do that's kind of been the meat and potatoes of that defense and led to that improvement? Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, tackling uh, under Brian Van Gorder and even under a, a past defensive coordinators before him, Notre Dame hasn't always been a real sure tackling team, and this year you don't see a lot of missed tackles. These guys wrap up, they gang tackle, they just fly to the ball. And so that, I mean, that was, it seems really basic, but it's something that we haven't had in Notre Dame in years. So as fans, we can really appreciate that. Um, and then I think part of it too, is just Brian Van Gorder's defense was so complex. He was trying to take like basically an NFL defense and make college kids learn it and make them adjust to his system. Whereas I think Elko's is a little simpler. He knows what he has and adjusts to the personnel he has. And um, that, that, that's been huge as well. And then I, I think, uh, whatever he and uh, defensive line coach Mike Elson have done with the defensive line has been night and day. I don't know if it's it might partially be the training program too, as we have a new strength coach as well. But uh, they they've just been getting pressure on the QB, stuffing the run up front, like like I haven't seen Notre Dame do since 2012. It's it's been just a complete transformation. All right, moving into this week, 3.30 on NBC, Notre Dame hosts number 14, NC State, who is also 6-1. and one. There probably weren't many people who thought heading into this season that this matchup would be between two teams that are 6-1. and one. No, not, not at all. I mean, I wasn't expecting Notre Dame to be ranked probably at all this year, and if you had told me NC State would be ranked at, at 14th, I, I wouldn't have picked that either. Um, last year, they were a pretty good team, and they – they actually ran the ball in the hurricane that we were playing in. So, uh, you know, I, I thought that, you know, they're fairly well coached team, but uh, no, I, I would have never guessed this would be a, a top 15 matchup. What's the forecast like for this one? I'm assuming it's not a monsoon. <laughs> no. So we, we're going to have, I think some, some good South Bend, Indiana fall weather. Um, I actually haven't checked the weather forecast yet, but you know, worst case, it'll probably be in like the fifties and maybe raining, but otherwise, no, we won't be having a, a hurricane. <laughs> What's your general feeling heading into this matchup about NC State, and, and what are some of the big areas and, and big advantages that you think that Notre Dame has over them? Yeah, so, I mean, when you look at NC State, the big things that pop out of you are the, the rushing defense. They're, they're, I think, sixth in the country or seventh in the country in rush defense, and uh, Notre Dame has been running the ball all over people, but they haven't had to face a run defense that good, except for maybe Georgia. I'm not sure where Georgia's ranked, but so this will be a really big test for the, the Notre Dame offensive line, just because they haven't had to face a defensive front like this. Um, the other thing that stands out about NC state is they take care of the ball really well. Their QB Ryan Finley actually has not thrown an interception this year. And they've got, I think three total fumbles. So they, they just have done a great job of taking care of the ball. And that's been, one of the big things that Mike Elko's defense does is force turnovers. So that's another interesting, uh, you know, difference there that we're going to see who, who wins overall. But, um, you know, you know, I, I think looking at the two teams, NC state, it's actually interesting because Brandon Wimbush has really struggled this year throwing the ball. So I, 
am hesitant to say that his passing game is going to be the difference, but NC State's pass defense is not good. And just having seen Wimbush, he has the arm, he has the talent to make some plays, and if he can get get some deep balls falling in there like early in the game, I think uh, I think that can be a big big way they break the game open, force the NC State defense to not really crowd the box, and then Notre Dame can start running the ball a little easier against that defensive front. So I think that's one one big thing there. And then I just think uh, NC State hasn't had to face a defense probably like Notre Dame yet. Um, so I think their offense is due for probably one or two picks, maybe a fumble or two, just because Elko's defense gets after it. So I think if Notre Dame can for- keep forcing turnovers like they do and make a couple plays through the air and then just go do what they do running the ball, they should they should take care of business. Yeah, and that turnover front, it definitely feels like something has to give because Notre Dame is in the top 10 in turnovers caused on defense and NC State, as you mentioned, they, they haven't thrown an interception yet and they've turned it over the fewest amount of times in the country with only three turnovers. And I'm glad that you brought up Brandon Winbush because you know, we've I've heard people talk about him and haven't really gotten a chance to see a lot of Notre Dame up close other than the run game. But through seven games, and he didn't play, of course, in the in the North Carolina game, it doesn't seem like as of right now that throwing is, is what he's the strongest at. And to be fair to him and the offense in general, they really haven't had to throw because they've been blowing teams out and they're the best rushed off rush offense in the country against a team like NC State that has that strong of a defensive front. Do you think we're at the point right now where you feel comfortable with Notre Dame winning a game like this if Brandon Wimbush has to throw 30 or 35 times? That's a great question, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. But um, I do think what, what helps is that the receivers for Notre Dame are finally starting to come into their own in the in early going this season, especially against Georgia when, when Notre Dame struggled to run the ball. Um, really the only receiver that was stepping up was Equinemia St. Brown. There was, there was no one else that was, that was making plays, but now Chase Claypool, he's six, four, he's, he started to make a lot of plays, getting the lineup a lot more. Um, Kevin Stefferson is a sophomore receiver who was suspended for the first four games of the season. Now he's back. He had a fantastic catch on a really nice back shoulder throw against USC. So having him back will be great, especially to stretch the field because he's a deep threat. Um, Alizé Mack, the tight end, is finally starting to make some plays. He's had some problems with drops throughout the year. Uh, so so I, I really think the receivers are starting to step up their game. And like I said, Wimbush, he's been really inconsistent, but he's also made some really gorgeous throws. So uh, him throwing 30 to 35 times, it doesn't make me feel good. But I also think if he drops back that many times, there will be a number of them where he ends up just running. And that's always a good thing because – uh, you know, there are the set run plays, the, the run plays that are called for Wimbush and, and Adams, but then there's plenty of plays where Wimbush just makes plays with his feet, and those are the plays that really can break a defense's back when they cover great, they seem to be doing great, and then all of a sudden Wimbush scrambles away for a 30-yard gain. So I think that'll be huge too. I, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable with him throwing that many times, but I think they can win while he does so. One of the things that I'm really looking forward to watching in this game is NC State's passing game versus what Notre Dame does on defense. Because when you look at NC State, NC State's offense as a whole, they're so steady. We mentioned that Finley hasn't thrown an interception yet this season. He's so accurate, and they have a bunch of different weapons 
halfback Jalen Samuels might be the most versatile player in the whole country in that. And then you add in three wide receivers that are putting up solid numbers in Kelvin Harmon and Jacoby Myers and then Stephen Lewis. And you have a very deep and diverse set of offensive weapons leading into what they're able to do in the run game. Has there been any talk about Notre Dame getting them out of rhythm and how they're going to be able to do that? Because even stretching back to Matt Canada last year, who's now LSU's offensive coordinator, it it seems like the last thing you want to do against this NC State offense is let them get in rhythm because they're not really a huge play offense. They have that capability, but it, it feels like once they get into that fifth or sixth play that they really start rolling. Yeah, definitely. I think you're exactly right there. And I think Mike Elko will probably know that and see that in the film. And I think he might be sending some people and really sending some different looks at them that that will take them out of that rhythm. Uh, Notre Dame's got a lot of pass rushing talent, young pass rushing talent, like uh, Dalen Hayes, Khalid Kareem, who had two sacks against USC, um, Julian Aquara. And then Jerry, even Jerry Tillery in the middle at defensive tackle, all these guys are great at, you know, wreaking havoc in the backfield. So I think Elko's going to take them, probably send Miles Morgan or Drew Tranquil or even uh, cornerback or nickelback Sean Crawford. On, he's, he likes to send him on blitzes a lot. I think he'll just send a lot of different looks to really, like you said, keep them out of a, getting into a rhythm because they have all that all that talent that can really beat you if they get going. So uh, I think I think Notre Dame has the personnel and and the now the coach to actually really take NC State out of their game. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that. Yeah, also Elko probably familiar with with what NC State does a lot being in the ACC. So curious to see, you know, if he uses some of the principles that he used at, at Wake Forest to attack NC State in that offense. Final one for you here. If you have to give a prediction, what what do you think happens on Saturday? So I, I don't I do not think this will be like the USC game. I think NC State's a much more balanced team probably deeper too because USC had so many injuries. Um, And I think it's close in the beginning just because NC State's run defense will be fresh. You know, Notre Dame will have to figure out how to beat them, probably take some chances over the top. But I think as the game goes on, the Notre Dame offensive line and Josh Adams start to wear down NC State. I think the Notre Dame defense comes up with a couple turnovers to really change momentum. And I think Notre Dame wins by probably 10 to 14 points. I'm going to go with, uh, let's say, 3824. I think that sounds about right and I think that this is going to be a really entertaining game where you're going to see Josh Adams break off some big plays and like if you aren't a Notre Dame fan and you're listening to this and you haven't watched Notre Dame yet just the fact that Josh Adams is playing in this game and it's a ranked team against a good defense like this, like you need to watch Josh Adams play football. And if, if you weren't a believer in Notre Dame, I, I think that this is the type of game where they, they beat a top 15 team. And if they, you know, win a game kind of like you're saying, where it's 38, 24, 14 point win, or even a double digit win, I think that not just what they did against USC, but adding this to will make probably a lot more, a lot more people believe in uh, in Notre Dame and, and their ability to make a deep run and, and try to make a run at the playoff this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think beating USC so badly was was fantastic, but that was coming off a of bye week, had a ton of time to prepare. I think coming down from that emotional high and playing a top 15 team here again, like you said, if they win this one, that's when it's like, okay, Notre Dame's free. Look what they just did the past two games. So Yeah, it should be a lot of fun to watch. Well, depending on what your rooting interests are for the rest of the country, make sure to have this game on one of your screens. It's going to be on 3.30 on NBC, the same time as Penn State, Ohio State. I think the same time 
as uh, TCU and Iowa State and a couple of other games. But make sure to have this one on on one of your TVs. And then if you want to follow any of Patrick's work or anything going on in the Notre Dame blogosphere, make sure to go to OneFootDown.com for the best Notre Dame football and athletics in general coverage. Also give them a follow on Twitter at one foot down. You can also check out their podcast. It is called the One Foot Down Podcast. Make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and search One Foot Down. Also search One Foot Down on SoundCloud. And then, uh, Patrick, where can they find you on the internet? Well, I mean, like you said, on, on One Foot Down for sure. And then if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at psully226, P-S-U-L-L-Y-226. Uh, I retweet a lot of stupid things, but also plenty of good football stuff. So, uh, yeah, come find me. Yeah, make sure to holler at Pat on the internet and like it's it's cool, man. I I tweet and retweet a bunch of stupid shit too. So <laughs> you know it's same over here. Also, make sure to go to SoundCloud.com/slash Two Stripes Pod to check out this episode and all the other old episodes of the show. Also, go to Apple Podcasts and search the Two Stripes Podcast. Subscribe to the show that way. If this is your first time listening, want to thank you guys for tuning into the show and listen listening to me and Pat break down. Notre Dame and NC State. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Send me a tweet at Dubsco and uh, and let me know what you think. But until next time, for Pat Sullivan, I'm Colton Denning, and this is the Two Stripes Podcast. Yeah.